0: I'm Corey Strumman. Welcome to the Rochester Rising podcast, where we amplify the stories of entrepreneurs in Rochester, Minnesota. Thank you for spending some time with us today to learn more about small business and the culture of entrepreneurship in Rochester. We hope that you learned something today from a local entrepreneur that can help you with your own journey. Rochester Rising is a part of Collider, a Rochester based nonprofit that activates, connects, and empowers early stage entrepreneurs in our community. You can learn more about Collider and how our organization can help accelerate and assist your journey at Collider.mn. Today on the podcast, we chat with Megan Southwick about her event coordination agency, BrandPop. Let's get started. Well, welcome, Megan. Thank you for being here. Thanks, Corey. I'm super excited to be here. (laughs) Sweet. Well, to get started, tell me a little bit about you. What are some of your hobbies, interests, and pastimes?
1: Yeah, so talking about myself, I have two boys. Um, One is eight and one is two. Family is super important to me. I have one dog as well that takes up our house, and his name's Oli. And then Logan, who is my um, significant other. Um, As far as hobbies go, they take up a lot of my time along with work.
0: Understandably.
1: Uh Uh-huh. But anything around food and fun flavor, so... Mm -hmm. Like, we love going to different restaurants and trying out new food um, or craft beer. Um, fitness is a huge part of my life, too. It's kind of like what keeps me sane. Yeah, totally. Um, yeah, so running or I got a Peloton not that long ago. Nice. <laughs> it's good for the winter, <laughs> right?
0: Absolutely. Um,
1: also, we really enjoy going to the farmer's markets, um, local events, listening to podcasts, All the true crime mystery stuff is super fun. Yes. Um, Yeah. I really love my jobs too. So that takes up a lot of my time, honestly.
0: Absolutely. Well, what kind of brought you to Rochester and what would you say keeps you here?
1: Yeah. So I am from here. I went to Byron High School. Sure. um, Graduated in 06. And then I went to Concordia College in Moorhead. Um, graduated with a BA from mass or with mass communication. Um, And then I came back to Rochester for a little bit and worked in hotels, you know, after I graduated. And then I just kind of felt like there weren't a ton of opportunities here at the time. It was Mm -hmm. kind of a weird time. I feel like in Rochester where coming from a tri-college area, there were a ton of opportunities in the field that I wanted to be in.
0: Yeah, absolutely. And it wasn't quite
1: happening here yet. So I pieced out and left to San Francisco. So oh, I was fun. there. Yeah, I was there for around five years, loved it there, loved um, the culture, the food, the energy, the events mm-hmm. and the like distinct neighborhoods.
0: Yeah.
1: Um, it's just super expensive. Yeah, obviously. totally. <laughs> um, and I had Declan out there and um to be totally transparent, left a situation that wasn't Serving us any longer mm-hmm. and came back to Rochester at that point was really in kind of a weird period in my life. Sure. Like it was kind of had lost a little bit of who I was um, and the direction I wanted to go. I knew I was a mom and that was mm-hmm. awesome, but like who did I want to be in addition? So, yeah, finally landed a job at the Chamber. And then to answer your question, that community of colleagues and then also the local business um, owners that I met were just critical to Mm -hmm. like me finding a place in Rochester. So that was huge. Also I have to say, and I know you worked there before, (laughs) but Cafe Steam was huge in terms of like building a community and feeling like, Hey, I could go there and see friends or, grow business relationships or things like
0: that. Yeah, absolutely. I think that's a common thread, like, with the Cafe Steam community. It's it's opened up so many doors for so many people, which is cool that it's become a hub like that. Totally. Is there something about the Rochester community that made you want to start a business here?
1: Yeah, I think think it has a large part to do with the community piece and that this is, I consider this my home. Mm -hmm. I mean, I can love different parts of the world, but... This is really, I think, what's home to me, Mm -hmm. and there's so much potential happening right now. I mean, Rochester, I feel like, is on. There's so many people here doing cool things, and I see it daily, and there's just a want and a desire to be a part of that and help influence the direction of Rochester in some way, so I think that's why.
0: Yeah, cool. Cool. Uh, You touched on this as well, but if you want to expound upon it at all, um, your background and kind of work and education.
1: Yeah. Um, I'm kind of, not that I'm a job hopper, but I've like strategically kind of taken jobs that move skills in the direction Mm -hmm. that I think they need to be in to be where I am now. So getting a job at the chamber, that was huge and awesome. I loved that. I worked initially under Judy Brotz, okay. incredible, and Becca Stiles Nagosik, and they were great mentors for me at the time. Mm-hmm. Um, and once Becca went on to bigger and better things, then I moved into her position as the events manager and took on um, more of an event planning and coordination role. Sure. Um, and then from there, I went to the RDA. Um, was the director of events and strategic partnerships there and managed that core portfolio that a lot of people know, you know, mm-hmm. like Socialize and Thursdays. And then from there, I went on to a really cool company called the Musicant Group.
0: Mm-hmm. And
1: they, um, we worked together a couple times mm-hmm. while I was yep. there. Um, and I office primarily out of One Discovery Square, helped them kind of launch their communications and. Events sure. program to amplify those stories of the mm-hmm. tenants and um, just build community within that space and then outside as well. Um, this is like a long ramble no, because there's like totally I told you I'm not a job hopper, but it, it kind of feels that way in a good way. Um, so from there, I went on to do some hotel sales again, which I did in San Francisco. And mm-hmm. th- at that point, I really realized like okay creativity is my thing Mm -hmm. and events are my thing and there are some other things in there too but um yeah
0: so obviously as you just said you've been planning events in rochester for quite a long time through several organizations what initially drew you into event coordination and what inspired you to branch out on your own to create brand pop
1: yeah i think i think i'm drawn to the chaos of events, (laughs) and I have a knack for managing it, and I just love the energy that it brings me. Um, I think, so what initially drew me to event coordination was the ability for me to release that creativity inside Mm -hmm. of me. I think there are so many different facets of events and different kinds of events, and the opportunity to work with so many different people and, Mm -hmm. um, you know, between partners and vendors and other businesses that, that just really, I think inspired and motivated me. Mm -hmm. Um, as far as starting brand pop, there were a lot of reasons I think because I did it in a, in a COVID environment, Mm -hmm. um, a really strong motivator was, the flexibility that i needed mm-hmm. having two kids totally. um i had wanted to start a business for a really long time i think i started maybe like 10 to 12 websites in the last like 10 years just yeah. different businesses totally. then, but nothing really stuck um and then at that point you know having gone back to sales i really was like okay events is the right thing for me
0: sure yeah mm-hmm. sometimes we have to take those like not necessarily wrong steps, but steps maybe in the direction we don't actually want to go to realize where we do want to go. Totally. Yeah. Awesome. What would you say were some of the challenges or barriers you faced while getting Brand Pop started?
1: Yeah, that's a good question. I think the biggest challenge was understanding that nothing is going to be perfect out of the gate. Mm -hmm. Um, So just get out there and do it. And luckily I'm, you know, pretty optimistic And that I think if you have good intentions and you forge or try to forge good relationships with people, um, things are going to work out. And brand pop has evolved a lot since it first started. I mean, it started out as spot on mobile food markets. Mm -hmm. um, But I realized from the get go that, hey, I need to provide some sort of proof of concept of this before I get any buy in. Because that was supposed to be these neighborhood food markets. Um, Mm
0: -hmm.
1: but there are a lot of, you know, city permitting and regulations and funds and other Mm -hmm. things that need to happen before all of that. So it definitely evolved into more of the, um, direct to client relationship that it's in right now.
0: Yeah, absolutely. Tell me a little bit about your client experience and what people should expect while utilizing your services and kind of what services you offer.
1: Yeah. Um, it's kind of a gamut right now. I love the branding side of events. I love event coordination, execution. Um, and I can, you know, do specialized experiences as well. Mm -hmm. But personally, I really like to dig into what the goals are and what the strategy is behind it, who their audience is and formulate a sound plan Mm -hmm. behind that and figure out the missing gaps and, hey, what can we do in addition to what your original goal or dream or wish was Yeah, and take it further because I think there's always room to do something bigger.
0: Have you ever felt that being a female entrepreneur made it harder to start your business or being a woman kind of in the events industry if you ever came across any roadblocks? Mm
1: Mm-hmm. Honestly, not so much being a female entrepreneur. And I'm kind of lucky to say that because I don't think everybody has had that same experience. Mm-hmm. Um, I think being a female in the corporate FTE world was sure. a little bit different for me. And I think that's in many ways what pushed me and, and drove me to create my own business. Um and I think that's kind of important to talk about, too, or, mm-hmm. you know, the the difficulties that females or people that identify as female have mm-hmm. with, you know, working in that environment, whether it's, like, job titles over pay raises that are well-deserved, mm-hmm. or saying you should dress differently, or things like that. Those, yeah. those sort of instances um, were a little bit challenging, but mm-hmm. um, I think in the end... Motivators for me to, to go out on my own and create a space in what I hope to be a space. I hope to grow this team, mm-hmm. um, and create events where everybody feels like they belong and like welcomed and you can be whoever you are without feeling like you're always climbing this crazy
0: ladder. Yeah. A hundred percent. Well, tell me a little bit about Lot 31. I've been seeing some things about it, and it looks super cool. So tell me a little bit about how that event came about, and will it be a long-term series of events?
1: I hope so. Um, That was such a fun series and opportunity, and um, how it came about, the Mayo Clinic... um, specifically the St. Mary's nursing leadership team Mm -hmm. actually came to the RDA, um, who I've worked with a lot within brand pop asking for them to help them with bringing that to life. And they are, you know, stretched so thin doing so much in the community already. They, um, connected me to Bridget, um, and we discussed, you know, plans and Just started out in that kind of space, figuring Mm -hmm. out what they really wanted to do and who it was for and why, Um, and came up with something I think that ended up being really cool and offered both the nursing community at St. Mary's, physicians, visitors, staff, that entire space, the the chance to take a break
0: from Mm -hmm. work
1: um, and come outside, enjoy the nice weather, interact with local vendors something that they can't do with Thursdays because it's Mm -hmm. so far away so that was one of their main their main goals um but it also was available for the community too so we kind of mixed that in as well
0: yeah totally it seemed like a little oasis just in that lot there um so how would you say that kind of the final result compared to the initial vision that mm-hmm. was presented to you.
1: Yeah, the initial vision, I think they um they really just wanted something to happen. They wanted mm. they wanted vendors there. They knew that. They had seen it in other cities where Mayo campuses reside and they just wanted something to happen, but I mm-hmm. think we connected and we talked about, okay, how can we make this somewhere where people form new connections or um, you know they haven't seen each other maybe in a while, or it's just been such a crazy world for them the last mm-hmm. few years, and just to give them a break, um, and then also to support the local businesses and vendors, and it, it turned into something that was more colorful and, I think, memorable mm-hmm. potentially than what we originally discussed in the beginning, and I think. That has a lot to do with the value they put on it internally. Mm-hmm. Um, so huge kudos to them. I think it was a great event.
0: That's awesome. Mm-hmm. And it's great that Rochester has kind of presented a pretty rich network of both food trucks and vendors for you to draw from. Like, I feel like in the last few years, that really has jumped up, and the opportunity to experience those different small businesses has been totally, huge.
1: Totally, and that's something that Brand Pop really – Um, is all about, too. We want to connect people to local food trucks or carts or just, you know, brick-and-mortar businesses, too, that Mm want to branch out and have a tent somewhere. That's something that I'm super passionate about and want to amplify for the community.
0: Yeah, absolutely. What do you find most rewarding about your work?
1: I think... I love variety, and I love being able to work with so many different people and Mm -hmm. um, have an influence on the community in the ways um, that we do. I think events are so powerful, Mm -hmm. Um, and in a post-COVID world, I think it's really important to talk about that events are not dying, and I think they're more important and relevant than ever to bring people back together Mm -hmm. and find common ground. Um, So I think the chance to be able to do that for both attendees while Mm -hmm. also providing this cool space for businesses, clients, partners, to be able to talk about their own um, businesses, services, products, whatever. Um, That's really rewarding.
0: Uh, Do you have any big plans and dreams for the future?
1: Yes. I have a lot of big plans and dreams Brand Pop, definitely. A large arm of Brand Pop that hasn't, I think, been used to its full potential is the experiential marketing arm. Mm-hmm. So doing some more targeted um, owned branded campaigns for clients um, that are, you know, different and memorable um, there's still some partnerships, um, that need to happen to make that work. And then spot on is still out there. What brand pop was originally intended to be, you know, those mm-hmm. mobile food markets. So bringing that more into the mix to create those neighborhoods in Rochester that I think, um, it, it's kind of missing mm-hmm. a little bit. We don't no, have, absolutely. yeah, we have a lot of, you know, the strip malls and things and, you know, that's just how Rochester is, but mm-hmm. how can we, bring, um, local brick and mortar restaurants or food trucks or food carts into the neighborhoods to, um, you know, connect them a little bit better. I think that that would be really fun. So.
0: Absolutely. Totally. That's something about the cities that I'm always envious about is just that, oh, you can have that corner bar, or like that corner market. And that really is lacking in Rochester, I think due to some permitting, issues and whatnot, but... Yeah,
1: but they're working on it. Yeah, it's good. a lot better. <laughs>
0: Yay. <laughs> I'm always happy to hear that. Uh-huh. <laughs> well, if you were to give a piece of advice to kind of an aspiring entrepreneur, uh, what would you tell them?
1: Yeah, I would say, honestly, go for it. Um, think futuristically and then surround yourself with people and ideas and thoughts that inspire and motivate you. I think it's so important who you surround yourself with. Mm-hmm. Um also, I have a lot of ideas around this, but no, look in the future and ask yourself, can I see myself doing this long term? Mm-hmm. And do I see potential for this to evolve and grow? And if your answer is no, then I don't think that's the right thing for you because i spent a lot of time, like I mentioned over the last, you know, 10 years, mm-hmm. thinking like I'm going to start this business, and then it's like, no, it's not my passion, so I'm not going sure. to do it. Um, so I, you just have to have that passion behind you to mm-hmm. like be able to do this long term and want to continue working on it. Um, also, I think business plans are kind of for the birds.
0: <laughs> um, Fair enough.
1: Sometimes they're worth it, but I think for me, I got so stuck in the weeds on like, okay, you know, this bullet point and mm-hmm. this number. Um, I just didn't put myself out there right away and start sure. working with clients and bringing in, you know, the dollars to be able to invest back into the business and right. keep it going. Um, and then finally, if you're multi-passionate like mm-hmm. I am, um, I have a cottage food business as well. Oh, cool. So I I think if you're multi-passionate, you want to do more than one thing, kind of serial entrepreneurish. Mm-hmm think about how those businesses can kind of feed off of each other
0: and work together um, yeah.
1: yeah I think that's been really fun for me to be able to create events where ballsy my cottage food business can then vend at and you know vice versa so I think it's yeah just think ahead think long term yeah, and totally have fun
0: Yeah. Starting a business is a lot of work, so you may as well (laughs) plan ahead and make sure that you're not putting energy into something you'll be over in like two years. Exactly. Exactly. (laughs) You nailed it. (laughs) (laughs) Sweet. Well, thank you so much for being here, Megan, and for sharing your story. Absolutely. Thanks for having me. Thanks so much to Megan for sharing her story. You can learn more about Brand Pop by clicking the link in our show notes. And thank you for tuning into the podcast today. We are so appreciative of your time spent listening and of your support of our work here at Collider. If you know an entrepreneur who would benefit from the conversation today, please share this podcast with them so that they can benefit from the experience of other business owners in the community. We release a podcast episode once a month here at Rochester Rising, which you can find on the Collider website or wherever you best like to listen to your podcasts, including on YouTube. We launched Rochester Rising in 2016 to tell stories of entrepreneurship taking place within the city of Rochester, Minnesota, especially stories that otherwise would not have been told, and to take the time to understand each entrepreneur and what their experience has been like in this community. If you find value in this podcast, please consider donating and lending support to Collider's efforts to share the stories of Rochester entrepreneurs and inspire others on their journey. You can find more information about our tip jar and how to donate in our show notes. Thanks again for tuning into the Rochester Rising Podcast.